welcome to the MetaPod, the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta for 100 episodes. Sean, That's right. we've done it. Well, I mean, this this episode still could like crash and burn and never go out to the public. But if you're listening to this podcast today, then we've made it. Yeah. <laughs> 100 episodes in. How does it feel, Sean? It feels great, Jake. It feels excellent. Hold on. I'm going to find, I want to find an audio thing that you won't hear, but... We, uh, what, what, it's, I have all, all these audio things on my stream and, uh, and I'll just, uh, I'll play this and the listeners can hear it. Oh my God. And when you edit this, Jake, you oh, might hear it. that was so funny. <laughs> oh, that was great. I a hundred percent know what's going on. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, there we go. That's, that's, that's how I feel about a hundred episodes. I feel pretty good about 100 episodes. 100 episodes of good times and good fun, including this one, which we got some things to talk about today. A lot of stuff has been revealed lately in terms of the Pokemon Go set. We're not going to talk about the cards yet because we usually like to talk about the the set review is when we try to talk about the cards. But there's a lot of cool-looking cards in there. There are some cards that are getting some people excited about competitive, especially the Radiant pokemon sean i mean i will say this we're, we're, we're i know we're in the intro but like you see all the leaks they have they put pokemon go cards in the astral radiant set apparently i i also saw okay so like this is wild to me there was a leak that was like there was like um you know how like hollow patterns kind mm. of bleed sometimes oh, yeah, and, yeah. like the old cards there was like a v print bleed on an astral radiance card and they were able they were able to find out one of the unreleased or unannounced v cards i can't remember what it is off the top of my head snorlax v i think it was might have been but if you look on like pokey guardian uh pokey guardians twitter this is where i found it they tweeted like that this person had sent them this image about how like a V had bled through or something. And you can like, if you look at the reflection in the light, like you can kind of start reading it and like see its attack costs and things like that. And it's like, there are a lot of errors and like the, the print quality has slightly like gone awry the last couple uh-huh. years at times, but that is the most wild print error I think I've seen yet. Yeah. I mean, you know, coming off of the acquisition of Pokemon of Millennium Print Group here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. at least, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how much these issues keep happening over time. But it's—I don't know—it's it's like it would be one thing if it was like a card from that set. Like if it was a card from Astral Radiance that blood on, I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a different set being blood on. So that and that's like the most mind-boggling thing to me. Yeah. That's it was it's just like if I ever owned a card like that, like I would never get rid of <laughs> no. it. You know, it's like it's like one of those like super misprinting cards where it's like half of one card and half of the other and yeah. people are like, "I hate this card." I'm like, "I love that card." Like, well, I mean, I'll take it. I mean, the fact that people collect misprints and the misprint can only have like a little dot in the corner. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like another level of misprint. Yeah, like there's a ditto from I can't remember if it's like base set or jungle. It's like one of the first sets I mm. own one of, I own like two of the dittos, I think. Um, but one of the energy cost fighting like the fighting energy cost is actually turned sideways. Mm. So like the fist is not turned up, it's turned like to the right. Um 
and it's like it's really really cool i love it it's such an insignificant like yeah. you wouldn't know it unless you were like really looking for it probably but the fact that i like have one and i was able to dig up in my old cards i mean it's not worth anything because it looks like a 12 year old took care of it you know but like i still think it's really really cool it's got a lot of value to me yeah well jake jake 100 <laughs> episodes okay so we're talking about some news today but we're also we're also reading the q a's Yes, if you didn't hear last week or you didn't see us tweeting or me tweeting a billion yeah. different times about <laughs> it, we had a Q&A form that you could submit questions to us. You know, you didn't have to uh, you didn't have a limit on your questions. You could submit more than one question. Some people did submit two questions in this, which I mean, we're totally OK with. Um, and then also, I apologize for not. Uh, apparently you had to have an email address. I tried to change the settings oh. to where you didn't have to have it, but I couldn't figure it out. I'm, I'm too boomer. I'm getting old now, Sean. I got a full-time job. I got dental insurance. Like, <laughs> I, got, I can't I, figure this out. You have dental insurance, thus boomer. Yeah, thus <laughs> labeled a boomer now. But oh. we're very excited to get to that Q&A and also the other news that is coming up here in the Pokemon trading card game sphere, whether you're collector or player. But before anything, you know, Sean, you can't do a 100th episode without a lovely, lovely review from our listening fan base. Um, do you want to read it or do you want me uh, to read it? I have it pulled up today. I can read it. All today. right. I was going to say, I don't yeah. remember the last time you read one. It's been a minute. Uh, but this one is from Ryan Carey. It is on a YouTube video for our mm -hmm. 98th episode, I think it was. Yes. And uh, yeah, Ryan Carey posted, love this podcast, listen to it each week, and look forward to it. Only got into the TCG November last year, and this podcast has been good to know what's coming out and what the meta is. Keep up the good work, guys. Ryan, first of all, I love your Lupin the Third uh, profile picture. It's an anime <laughs> reference. I can trust you as an individual. But second, this is going to be great for you. This episode is going to be great for you because we're actually talking about news that players who started during the pandemic, you know, started listening to the podcast or started playing or collecting. Um, there's going to be some big news for you. Some stuff is coming back now that IRL events are coming back, you know, the regionals, SPEs, things like that. Now we're starting to see more uh, local stuff at this point now, Sean, because heading into our first piece of news, Pokemon leagues have returned now in certain areas. You know, this may not be true to every single league, but before the pandemics were going on, uh, you used to be able to go to weekly Pokemon leagues and play Pokemon events, cups, challenges, things like that. We talked about cups and challenges on this uh, channel and in this uh, season, you know, news that have come about that. And honestly, local leagues is one of my favorite ways to play. Honestly, I love, you know, going and just hanging out with other people and, and playing Pokemon. You know, that's big reason why I love the trading card game and the uh this is in the usa region it's also in regions of bolivia chile colombia and dominican republic is where uh the email was sent to organizers about play pokemon leagues coming back and it's starting in the usa on june 7th so by the time this releases this episode releases you could go to your local league sean yeah so jake 
I read this and I'm like, mm -hmm. I, it's cool that there's like that they're basically saying, hey, local stores, you can officially play yes, Pokemon. That's the again. key word. Officially, because that's the key word. Yeah, most the vast majority of stores, at least in the U.S., either were already doing this or had just abandoned Pokemon entirely. They, you know, meaning like people were already playing in store, like Full Grip Games, as a great example, was yeah. already doing their pre-releases for the last several sets. So, you know, people were doing this. But the one thing I will say, Jake, that I I am realizing now, if you are a store that started up. And, you know, during the pandemic uh, or, you know, after the pandemic started and you were a store that didn't have cups and challenges in order to be eligible for cups and challenges, Jake, you actually have to show regular attendance at leagues to the Pokemon company in order for them to then approve you for like basically CP level events. So yeah. I actually think that this signals that they're giving people these stores enough time to go through the program apply for league challenge status and get approved for league challenges before the next competitive season starts. That's exactly. I would hundred percent agree with that. I a hundred percent agree with you there. I mean, personally, I don't know how long it takes to become a league um, or to go through the process. Like I don't know the requirements because mm. whew, I don't have enough time to <laughs> run and organize my own league, but um, I do agree with what you're saying of how now that they're bringing back these uh, official leagues, back um it's going to give a lot of stores an opportunity to be able to host events in the future for actual cp which yeah. in my opinion is just really good for the game really good for grassroots competitiveness um local stuff you know i don't have to drive i mean i i don't mind driving you know five hours to full grip games in akron ohio but i can't do that every single week so if a store could open up around me and start doing weekly league that would be awesome but another great thing about you know pokemon league coming back is you know there's exclusive promos that only come through the pokemon league and so a couple of those promos include like uh quick ball the Shady Dealings and Teleon as mm -hmm. well. They uh, released Cinderace and uh, Rillaboom at the same exact time. And so it's super awesome. And I, I love League. It's a ton of fun again. And, you know, if if you get the chance to go, I highly recommend that you do that. And if you want to find out places that you can go to, let us tell you about this website. So we're going to include this in like the show notes, the YouTube description and anything. But Pokemon has this function this website where you can actually look for official events in your area. So if you go to events.pokemon.com slash en dash us slash events, again, link will be in the description. You're going to be able to go. Are you at the right website, Sean? I mean, it says keep on our, uh, no, 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 go to uh, our go to our notes in Discord. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Hold up, hold up. I so got you. So anyways, if you go to the link that's provided in the YouTube description in the show notes below, um, you're going to go to this page for events, and you can type in your city, postal code, different things, and have different filters on it as well. So um, I'm in Kentucky, so let's just say Lexington, Kentucky, since that's one of the big cities. I would type in, like, Lexington, right? Go to Kentucky. Sean has typed in New York. He's typed in his area. And you can use different filters, like, okay, I don't want to drive any more than 25 miles, 50 miles, things like that. Um, I maybe want to go to a video game 
Pokemon League or event. I want to go to a Pokemon Go one. I want to go to a trading card game one. Or maybe I want to go to one that specifically happens on Tuesday. So you can say, oh, um, uh, the, the 7th, you know, yeah. um, specific days. And you can go to the different types, CP events, League. And it'll show you all the places in the area that are holding official League events, things like that. You know, what the store is called. Um, the... Uh, the location of it, how far away it is, et cetera, et cetera, when it starts. Um, and then you'll be able to go to that. So that's how I found my leagues around mm -hmm. me when um, I came back from the North American International Championships. I just typed in Indianapolis and boom, I found my uh, local league comic book university. And it was it was awesome. Yep. I mean, I love the people there. So yep. um, definitely recommend it. What? And also, if you're if you're doing a grind too, when events come back, so like cups and challenges, yeah. that's a great thing to find. You know, cups and challenges, in my opinion. What were you gonna say? Sorry, I was gonna say if you use that site, and if you know any of your locals and they're not showing up on there, tell your locals. Just be like, yo, mm -hmm. make sure you put yourself on the list because that's how new players are gonna find you. Um, so that way, when your locals does have challenges and cups, you actually hit the number of players that you want or need or whatever, right? Like, yeah, you hit kind important. of those requirements and, you know, like more, I think like more competitors and I can't remember if it's cups or challenges. I think it's both um, more competitors can mean more points, you know, um, yeah. I believe so. Right. Um, I don't know about that, but it is important. Like if you have a store that is wanting to do challenges you have to have a certain number of players every week so like yeah. you know just tell your store owners and and the people who run the events if you're at your locals if they're not on that list for whatever reason just be like hey that list is open back up and they'll they'll get themselves on that list it'll be but yeah amazing tool in my opinion locals are more fun when more people show up so yeah yeah if you find a store that you like go to it anyways sean that's pokemon competitive talk but for collectors and maybe even players alike this actually went up on the pokemon center website the other day for pre-orders so pokemon tcg pokemon go pokemon center elite trainer box plus elite trainer box plus sean for the upcoming pokemon go set in here there's a lot of great stuff 12 Pokemon Go TCG booster packs. I think this is probably the product that is going to have the most packs that you can get at one time. Yeah. For Pokemon Go, like I think the regular ETBs will have 10. I think the special sets usually have 10 and then regular set ETBs usually have 8, right? Yes, exactly. It's 10 and 8. Yeah. So 12 is pretty wild. And plus it's not like celebrations, you know, celebrations you got like four cards in a pack like the pokemon go set has 10 cards like you usually would in a regular set so i mean you're gonna get a ton of cards in this and alongside the 12 promos or i'm sorry the 12 packs that you get you get one full art foil promo featuring mewtwo v so mewtwo v mewtwo in general very popular pokemon you know that you've seen this with the uh the stained glass articuno zapdos moltres gx the charizard v you know those cards exclusive the evv max like exclusive to that elite trainer box so if you want that if you want that mewtwo this is how you're going to get it 
65 card sleeves of Mewtwo, which you can see in the uh, product listing if you go check that out. A deck box featuring Mewtwo, which I actually think is really, really cool because if you yeah. look at the product pictures, Sean, if you look at the product pictures of the deck box, I think it's a double deck box. It does. Like it, they gave out yeah. at Worlds. Yeah, it does kind of look it, like that. If you don't know what I mean by double deck box, I mean, like, it's basically two regular size deck boxes side by side. And you can put, like, a deck on the right side and a deck on the left side. So you can have two different decks in your deck box. And I think that's really, really cool, especially with, you know, all of these grassroots events, too, hosting uh, weekend events like a standard day one and a GLC day two. You know, that's really, really cool. If you want to go to a regional or something, GLC is all over inside events as well. So you can bring your standard deck. You can bring your GLC deck, right? You can put them in the same place and you don't have to worry about like, uh, well, I mean, if you, you can't still lose it because you could just <laughs> lose the deck box, but it, sure. it keeps everything contained in the same spot, you know? <laughs> it is cool. I mean, like as far as like ETBs go, like your elite, elite trainer mm -hmm. boxes, this one seems to have the most stuff of an elite trainer box I think I've ever seen. I think so, too. And I think it's specifically because like of that deck box. But also, like Sean is pointing out here, you get six metal damage counter dice, right? Not the 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 regular plastic. What is the it's plastic. Just plastic? Yeah. Yeah. Not the plastic die. You get metal damage counter dice. So that is really cool with the numbers on them. But that's not the only metal things that you get in there. That's usually plastic and other ETBs. You get some pretty sweet coins and then also two metal condition markers the burn and poison yeah. so i mean again pretty freaking cool in my opinion yeah. the coin i don't think it's a great picture of the coin but that's just because of you know lighting but yeah i have a feeling like seeing that coin in person is going to look really really good honestly i don't normally pre-order etbs i usually don't buy etbs at all personally mm -hmm. but like i might get one or two of these just because a the metal dice the metal um damage counters are cool as heck the yeah. metal poison and uh burn also very cool um yeah and the fact that you get the mewtwo v i'm just like well shoot i get like three of these and then i have my mewtwo v uh, effectively like kind of a play set you do have a purchase limit of four on the Pokemon Center website. It's $65, so if you... Uh, I mean, it is a little a bit little. more expensive than a regular ETB, but, like, you're getting a bunch of other stuff that That's we true. just talked about, and some of that stuff is upgraded. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like 65 bucks for this, uh, kind of... I mean... I'm down. Worth it. I'm a little bit skeptical, though, of this deck box, a little bit. I mean, I was hype a little bit, and this will be one of the things that will uh or that i'll mention so the juniper tournament collection box i i teased all of the metapod listeners i said that i was going to open one up and put it on youtube but the mic was bad um in the video and you know with opening things you only get one shot so <laughs> i kind of had to scrap it but i will tell you one of the things about the tournament collections is the deck box that comes with it and it's a it's a good quality deck box in terms of how it's like uh the material it's made of durability purposes things like that but you know what is up with the deck box sean what what is up with the it deck cannot fit a 60 sleeved card deck it does not fit an entire 60 sleeved card deck 
Well, and I don't know, maybe I don't. So like it, it can do unsleeve, but like this is a 60 card sleeve deck. These are dragon shield matte sleeves. Um, I tried to put it in this deck box. It's over in this like yeah. closet thing in this cupboard. So I don't have it on me right now, but I tried to put it in there and it, it wouldn't fit. But if I had a deck that had 50 sleeved cards and 10 unsleeved cards because I they were in another deck or whatever. Because you're a it monster. Fit, it, it, it fit, but it was tight. And so that's my one worry about this deck box is that it's not because like the deck box doesn't have like dimensions in it. It's only <laughs> dimensions of the ETB. Like I'm afraid this double deck box is going to just be a 30 on one side, 30 on the other side, single double deck box, if that makes sense. Jake, if that's what it is, that's insane. That is insane. If that's what it is, like, I'm leaving a... I'm <laughs> I'm mad. I mean, I'm so mad. Like, I was really... I mean, like, the YouTube video is lost forever of the tournament collection, but I was so mad at it. Yeah. And also, can we talk about the promos in the tournament collection? I showed Sean this the other day. Oh, but yeah. I'll put it on screen for the YouTube and Spotify people. I'll like plop it on the screen. But the Marnie collection uh, promos that you get in there. So you get the Marnie full art, which is awesome. It's grand. It's super, super cool. And then you get the Marnie art of her like smiling. It's like the unique art. It's her yeah. on the bed smiling with more Peko, all that stuff. And that's like a big reason why like I wanted one of those, but I never got it because they're like 80 bucks resale value. It's not worth it to me. But anyways, so with the Juniper, I was expecting, you know, the design of the uh, what it shows like on the deck box and on the sleeves and stuff. Her looking in the sky with Mincino on the tree stump or whatever. And do you know what it was, Sean? Well, I showed you this last week, but you know what it was? <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> it was a regular the same art of juniper that was printed in previous sets the same exact art the only thing that was different was the hollow pattern which i i like that it was a different hollow pattern like sure it wasn't the exact same card that was printed but what happened to like using the art on the package on the i was so mad i was <laughs> infuriated i was fuming i'm still fuming right now but sean we got to talk about happier things before i have a hernia Sean, <laughs> we got to get into the meat and potatoes of the 100th podcast episode of the Metapod podcast. Uh, you all for the 50th episode, we did a Q&A for that. And um, you all really seem to like it. You left a bunch of questions. And so we're like, you know what? For the 100th episode, let's do it again. You know, 150 and 200, we could do something else. But for the for the first 100, let's do the let's do another Q and A for you all. And uh, you all left some good questions, and you all left a lot of questions. So, Sean, how do you want to do this? Do you want to alternate between think, us? Do you want? I think we can um, take every question, and unless it's a question directed at only one human, we could both answer it. Well, yeah, we're both we can both yeah. answer. Um, I did morph some some of people ask like the same question or yeah. relatively the same question. So I kind of mushed a couple of them together. But everybody's name who put their name in will be will be shouted out. So do not worry. But do you want to ask the first question? Sean? I will. I will. This one comes from James Sims. And the question is a good lead off question. Yeah. The question will divide this podcast forever. I'm sure of it. Is a hot dog a sandwich? soup or salad 
and why is it a popsicle? See, first of all, I don't think it's a popsicle. No. See, if we're going to talk about a hot dog being a cold treat, I think it's more of like a dilly bar, right? Because a dilly bar is like chocolate outside, ice cream middle, right? And a hot dog is like the bun outside, hot dog in the middle. So, like, if you really want to get technical, a hot dog is a dilly bar, not a popsicle. I mean, if you really, really want to get technical, a popsicle, <laughs> a popsicle has a stick in it. And a hot dog does not. Now, see, if you wanted to call a corn dog a meat popsicle, I might, I could get on board with that. See, now that uh, corn dog is a true dilly bar. Yeah. Right? So it's that, like literally the same thing. So th this is where I'm like, popsicle? No. It's got no stick up its butt. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> I will agree that a hot dog <laughs> is a sandwich. I, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I. Because it's not a sandwich in that a hot dog is not is not considered like open all around the edges, right? A good like um, it's weird if a hot dog if you have a hot dog where the two buns are completely separate, you're a monster. No, no one <laughs> one part of the well, bun. What happens when you have a hot dog and you have crappy bread quality because well, you buy the cheapest buns out there and you stick the hot dog in or the bratwurst in, right? And it just you, you smush it together because you got to get the whole thing in yeah. your mouth, right? And, and, it and it just breaks. The bottom breaks. And That's then what I call Therefore, you have airflow. That is called a broken hot dog, not a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds us when I think at the 50th, Mellow Magikarp asked if, is, if uh, Pop-Tart was a ravioli. He did. He asked so it that early on. I don't I don't know if, James, you, you just did a callback <laughs> to, uh, to the 50 episode Q&A, but... Um, that's what that reminded me of. And I was like, we have to lead off with that question. I promise uh, a lot of these questions have to do with the podcast they and do. Pokemon training they card do. game. They do. I just want to get these fun ones out of the way quickly <laughs> in the beginning. So I'll read this second one from Lord a Agwin. Agwin? Agwin? Is this a reference? I don't know. I don't know. I don't it. know. But anyways, from them, the question is, do you play Pokemon Unite? And who do you play? Sean, do you play Pokemon Unite? I don't. Unfortunately, I don't play Pokemon Unite either, but what I will say is I played enough when it first came out that I was able to have enough of the in-game currency to get Rowlet as soon as they released Rowlet. So I, I played in the beginning. I, I gathered up a little bit in case they released a character I really, really liked. Deleted the game. Once they announced Rowlet, I got the game back, downloaded Rowlet, deleted the game. <laughs> I, I, I downloaded the game only to purchase a Rowlet and then delete the game again. Thank That's you. What I, I mean, I do that for a lot of games. Like Valorant is a really good example. So like I watch Valorant a lot. Like I mm -hmm. love watching Valorant gameplay. I hate playing Valorant. Um, I just can't do it. But they released, uh, they just released a uh, Pride Month collection um, where they have like a bunch of banners and attachments and whatever that are like pride based yeah. um and it's completely free like you didn't have to pay any money for it you just had to have a valorant account and so i downloaded valorant again i logged into my account i grabbed the pride collection and then i uninstalled it <laughs> like <laughs> that's just how i roll sometimes you know oh my gosh i mean i'm a collector sean yeah yeah clearly uh <laughs> i wanna okay jake do you want to read uh do you want to read the next question while i i'm gonna do a quick little thing because i see a question coming up in the future and i want to prep for it okay 
So this question is from Redfield85. Redfield, an excellent, wonderful, active member in uh, the Pokemon community. Actually didn't do too bad at New Jersey Regionals recently. I remember they were posting in our Discord uh, playing. They love playing Corv Knight. So if you could have at least one legit IRL Pokemon, who would you choose? No legendaries, etc. So no legendaries, mythicals, things like that. Got to be a regular Pokemon, but it'll be one that is with you 24-7. And there's a clause in here that I'm not allowed to choose Rowlet. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. That's fair in saying who, that you're not allowed to choose Rowlet because we all yeah. know who you would choose. Redfield knows me too well. That was, that was too easy of an answer. Now I got to think. Sean, what would you choose? I mean, part of me wants to go with Metapod just because the podcast but metapod is definitely not very cuddly right (laughs) so it's like a rock as somebody who owns cats i might choose meowth to be honest Mm. because i think meowth could be also meowth makes gold like he has an attack that literally is make making money and i'm like payday yeah yeah and i'd be like yo give me a meowth with payday and i'd just be like okay we don't like illegal sean isn't like making money illegal? I mean, it's it's illegal to make American currency, but if he's making other money that I can somehow sell, why would you I say make no? like the yen? What are you What are you trying to make? I don't know. I mean, it, look, you look, know, the yen's look. not very good right now. If you're just making yen, Sean, it's going to make it worse. <laughs> I mean, it's at least worth something in its metal value, right? Uh-huh. It, it, is it real gold? I don't know. It looks like gold. I'm just saying. If Sean yeah. ever moves to an uninhabited island and <laughs> leaves the Metapod and goes dark, you know exactly what happened, uh, lovely listeners. Yeah. If I had to choose a Pokemon, I think I would choose Ditto. Oh, Ditto. I cool. think I would choose Ditto because one, being able to copy things is like really, really cool. And Ditto could like do whatever, like we could be whatever we wanted to be. We could be a Rowlet. Well, but here's the <laughs> thing, Jake. If you choose Ditto, what if you're in a world where that that is the only Pokemon that exists is your one ditto and then it can never still, become anything else. You know, I'm still OK with that because I was that kid that had like, do you know, those like uh, like cylinder squish roll things It had like mm. it had like almost like watery liquid type stuff and you could put your fingers through it like it had. Do you remember those? Is it the stuff that you could make noises with, too? I don't I don't know. Maybe I don't remember different. if you can make noises, okay. but what I'm saying is like something like a silly putty Pokemon or something like that would just be awesome for me. Like I would I, I would so like if Ditto can't transform, that's fine. But if Ditto could transform If Ditto can't transform, you're sticking your finger in him, is what you're telling me. Well I'm like I'm like mashing Ditto up. Like I'm I'm massaging Ditto constantly, you know? Is you you there's no fidget spinner Pokemon, Sean. You gotta do it uh, somehow. Oh, there probably is a fidget spinner Pokemon, and we're just not remembering. I it, guess you could do honest. like I guess you could do like Clink Clank. Or like you could do kind Clef, of. They're you like do Clefkey. Imagine like I'm gonna do Clefkey. Why? Oh yeah, Clefkey, because it's a key ring, and and I'm the type of guy you know with the key ring that was just like flip yeah. flipping around. You know, maybe I do Flef uh, Flefkey. Clefkey. Actually, oh. I would not do Hatterene. <laughs> because Hatterene's dex entry says it spontaneously attacks anything that when it senses emotion or something of the sort. I highly encourage that you look up Pokemon dex entries. It's actually really fascinating, some of them. <laughs> Sean, do you want to do the next question? Yes. Um, the next one is, do you have any memories from collecting Pokemon as a kid? And then follow up, how did your love of Pokemon start? Jake. 
So I started collecting Pokemon cards. I think this is how I got into Pokemon. I had like a babysitter growing up who would like show us the show us the cards like I I never remember like opening up booster packs as a kid, like not until I turned like 19 or whatever. Um, and so all of the cards that I had were all secondhand from him. And so like he would have them and then a new set would come out and he would get new Pokemon cards and he'd give my siblings and I the old ones. And um, so that's kind of what started it. But what really started it was when he let us play Pokemon Red um, oh, yeah. on his Game Boy Color. He brought his Game Boy Color one time and um, he let us play Pokemon Red. And so I fell in love with it. You know, I my parents ended up ga- giving me the silver Pikachu and Pichu like exclusive game mm. Game Boy Color. That's I cool. still have it. It's actually in this cupboard here. You can't see it, but it's in that cupboard. Um and it still works. I still play on it, but they got me that and Pokemon Silver, and I just became a huge Pokemon fan after that. That's awesome. I'm glad that you still have those memories, like those those objects. That's there. Cool. I've gotten rid of a lot of things that I regret. Mario Kart Double Dash being one of them. <laughs> Highly regret ever getting rid of that game because now it's really expensive and I want it. <laughs> but I'm so happy that I even through my. Uh, rogue teenage I'm too cool for this years I still kept that Game Boy Color that's cool uh, I mean for me I'll start with how line love of Pokemon started I was in middle school like early middle school when Pokemon Red and Blue came out and that like I had a few friends at school who got into it and then I got into it and I remember like I was at that exact moment in time when people would like whisper about like oh my gosh did you know there's a glitch in the game and it's like the glitch. You, you remember this, the glitch Pokemon that you could catch, but if you yeah. caught it, it would corrupt your save file. And like, so it was a lot of fun though. Like having a, like, like an early era zeitgeist of Pokemon as the game. And then you're like all playing it with your friends and, and everybody had it. And it was really cool. Um, I have a, uh, so when, so this, this same uh, babysitter, um, he gave us red and yellow. He had copies of red and yellow. So I got red and my sister got yellow because my brother was too young. Like he was at mm. daycare and stuff. So he's never with us with this babysitter. But um, I remember that eventually like I brought it to one of my grandparents' house and I brought like my Game Boy Color and stuff and my... He's not my cousin, but like Godfather's, not my Godfather, like one of our Godfather's yeah. sons. So he's basically like family. Um, I, I just can't remember the exact term <laughs> of what it is. But anyways, he actually had an unofficial Pokemon guidebook for mm. red, blue and yellow. And I actually still have that book. Um, it's in I think it's in another room. Or no, 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 it's in it's in there. But anyways, in the back, it has like the the glitches and stuff where you could if you cut down a tree right in the game and then you save where the tree is and you reload the game, you'll be standing on top of the tree like where it it says where the secret items are. It says um, how to get like over level 100 Pokemon um, by using like dig and fly in the safari zone you could go fishing in the statues of the gyms like it had all these like cool things and so 
that was like another part that guidebook itself was also another reason like i got head over heels into pokemon because like i know red blue and yellow now like ins and outs because of that guidebook because i just kept replaying that game and i kept using that guidebook replaying that game as man i could go on forever i i would say for our younger listeners it was a completely different world back in the like or like late 90s where it was like the way that you found out about these things was like uh, like guidebooks that some random yeah. person wrote or like you know your friends at school like there was no youtube like there was no I can't watch this video of like all the secret tips and tricks of whatever. Yeah, you can't you can't yeah. watch streamers, you know, the night before the game releases start playing because they switched their Nintendo <laughs> Switch to Australia and right. so they got to download it like 12 hours early. Like you didn't you didn't have that stuff when no. when we grew up and I'm sure a lot of our listeners as well. Yeah. Will have that same, you know, sentiment towards that. In terms of collecting like memories of collecting as a kid, I have a lot I would go down to the local sports card store where they had the Pokemon cards. My parents were very kind and would buy me stuff, and it was great. But I will say, Jake, I'm going to I'm gonna show you. I don't know if you've ever seen this video of me. Whoa, hold on. That's you. That is me in the year 2000 opening a Japanese box of Team Rocket. Oh, man. I'm sorry to say this, but got. you look like a nerd. Oh, I was a super nerd. <laughs> I was a super nerd, Jake. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna take turn this. I'm gonna play like a couple seconds of this with the sound off. I brush my brother's hey, hand away. Oh. oh my god, you can't hear it, Jake. But close up footage of the Team Rocket box. Anywho, that is so cool. This is on my YouTube channel. It's got no views because, like, whatever. But. This question Watch it was... hit like a thousand views. <laughs> Go to Jarushan's YouTube channel and type in vintage Pokemon pack opening and boom. Yeah. Click like, comment, subscribe. I was, <laughs> I, it was, it was just so interesting that like I was going through old big video footage that my parents had and I found this video and I'm like, there was actual pack opening footage of me as a 13 year old boy. That's wild. <laughs> and on top of that, like you were opening Japanese product too. Like, you weren't opening American product that you could just waltz into a card store and get. Like, you were opening Japanese imported product. Like, was, that is, was the cool that is even cooler. I know. I was the cool kid back <laughs> in the day. <sighs> anyway, are you the reason that Pokemon cards got banned at your school? Um, I was the reason that Pokemon cards got banned at my summer camp, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever remember Pokemon cards being banned at my school. Oh, I, they were definitely like, I don't know if they were just mine, like, because yeah. like when I started getting into Pokemon, like I was like, I was like six, five. Mm. Um, and also like I didn't get I got Pokemon cards secondhand, too. So like. I don't know, I don't have any memories of like at school Pokemon. I remember having a neighbor that would play the video games with me and he taught me the glitch in in gold and silver, the trading glitch, mm. how you can. um how you can uh, duplicate, dupli how you just can make duplicate Pokemon. Oh, interesting. I, I, it, was, it was clone, clone Pokemon. I don't even know. Anyways, do you want to go on to the next question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one's yours, Jake. Take it away. This is from Chris. What card do you want to get reprinted? So do you want to answer first or do you want me? I mean, I think the card that needs to get reprinted is all the A specs. The A specs need a reprint with a different foiling. Mm -hmm. 
I'm just going to, you know, and, and look, these aren't new cards. These aren't standard format. I think standard format cards have plenty of supply, to be honest. I don't think they need to reprint standard format. But if you want to talk about what they need to reprint, it's the A specs. Yeah, so just like, I mean, like in a in a box, maybe like for the 30th anniversary, you know, Pokemon does like the history of Pokemon or whatever, and they make like special promos, but they have on the the thing like the old set. Mm -hmm. or whatever um that would be really really cool i doubt they do that um because i don't think they actually care about expanded formats so they're not yeah. going to do much for it i mean they and did... plus the, if they and if they want to do like memorable cards for the 30th anniversary they're not really going to do trainers yeah they did do the one trainer in celebrations though the team rocket yeah trainer. they yeah but that's like a but, supporter trainer yeah. and that has jesse james and meowth on the front like yeah. i mean that's why they did that one this is the one thing I'll say about reprints in Pokemon. Like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! both have a history of reprinting cards. And that's because both of those games have supported semi-eternal or eternal formats. Meaning like you can play cards that are super old in actual formats that are supported. Um, mm -hmm. Pokemon has expanded, but like clearly, as you can see, they don't really support expanded right now. They never have to a high degree. Um... But I'm hoping that with the rise of Gym Leader Challenge and if Expanded, you know, if people start getting more and more of an interest in Expanded as the years go on and they don't rotate it, I think Pokemon would could actually make a lot of money doing like, like Magic does, like special reprint sets. Like a set that's like, hey, these are all the cards, not like super old, not like Base and Fossil or those type of reprints, but like you know, the black and white era, whatever era you're allowed to play far enough back onwards, doing those reprints for those types of formats, I think once every two to three years, at least, like, I think that would actually be a really big deal for Pokemon. I think that would be, I think that would be really, really nice too, because then that means the full arts from the black and white era yes. can get a lot cheaper as well, because let me tell you, I'm still far away from completing the black and white era. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the nice thing is like with magic, the reason they people at first were like, don't do reprints because they didn't want their older cards to lose value. But what actually happened is that the reprint versions of the cards, those were cheaper, but the originals were still expensive. So like for yeah. people who are like holding the oldest versions of cards, they'll still be fine. But like the new version will be cheap enough for like somebody like, you know, you, Jake, if you want to get, a version of the full art. Yeah, supporter. I need that full art chorus. Right. But like, if you, that's if you like don't sixty care, bucks. Yeah, if you don't care what set it came from, like if it's from a reprint set, then you're like, no, I just want the card. I don't care if it's yeah, as long as it set. looks the same. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't care if the set number is different or if there's like a A on it, yeah, or whatever. But like that, still that blue with the glass, you know, like that's what I want. Yeah. This one is from Pokey Kid Gaming, and he asked... Wait, I didn't... Hey, 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 oh, hey, hey. I didn't say my reprint. Oh, shoot. Okay, sorry. Hey. Go, go. Rep hey. Explain. Ex expound. I thought about this for a while, because, like, you know, I, I made the questions, and I kept checking them and seeing if more people would do it. So I saw this question, like, four or five days ago. I started thinking about this. Okay. And I think the card that I want reprinted the most is Prism Star Ditto but oh, radiant yes because prism star ditto for anyone who doesn't know it was a basic little baby pokemon 
that you could just put a stage one on top of it, any stage one, and it would evolve into it. Um, and it was played in so many different decks, you know, like Pidgeotto Control played it while it was around, you know, like the like. Um, oh, my gosh, there are other decks like Naganadal decks with Blounds like played it like there were so many good ways to include that card. And I think especially with, you know, us like in in a format where one prizes are becoming a little bit popular and like we're still and we're trying to make these Pokemon good. So like there are um, Pokemon Go set like the face cards are the Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaurs and stuff. They're stage twos. Stage two is a little bit hard. So like if you have more outs to that and plus it can give you a lot of those stage one options. For instance, the Wormadam deck. Wormadam deck would be really, really cool with it and stuff like that. And, you know, the Radiant kind of follow the same thing as the Prism Stars do. So it would it would effectively be the same thing. I know we have Ditto V, but like Ditto V is not the same like that. It has to come from the discard. Like I'm talking about just have it down and slap a stage one on top of it or Actually, I don't think you could rare candy stage to it. I think you had to put a stage yeah. one on top of it, uh, I believe. Maybe. Yeah, it's hard to say. I can't remember exactly. The I can't remember exactly, and that's my fault, but that's because, you know, I only played it with stage ones. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm rereading the question now, and maybe what Chris was asking was, like, get reprinted to be in standard. And I agree. Ditto, Ditto would be a great card. I don't know, though. I think they've reprinted most cards that people have been asking for. Like there's like Roxanne as a spiritual reprint of N we got ultra yeah. ball, right? Like I think they have, they have given us a lot of like spiritual successors yeah. to some of those things. And a lot of like what people want in those cards to be reprinted. They're like really, really good cards. Yeah. And so like you bring them in again and they're going to be really, really good, you know? And so that's why, they have nerf versions, although I don't think it's fair to consider it nerf versions because I don't remember if it was Celios Network or Azul that said it, but um, somebody, a bigger content creator in the Pokemon competitive scene said that it's kind of unfair to compare Luminion V to Tapu Lele V because they exist in different formats. They exist in different eras. So like their functions are a little bit different. Like Tapu Lele might not really excel in this format, like it did, you know, in the Guardians Rising format in the Sun and Moon area. So um, it's very it's a very interesting like take. But um, I think when you talk about how people say like Roxanne is a nerfed N or something like that or like um, or a nerfed Ace Trainer or um, things like that or like uh, Eldegoss is a nerfed versus Seeker, you know, um, they can't exactly reprint those same cards, yeah. you know, because then they would have such a big impact on the meta. So they make like kind of smaller versions that not necessarily don't have an impact, but they don't necessarily have a niche impact either. Yeah. I mean, they're just not as powerful. Right. And I think that's yeah. fine. Like the game designers realize, like if they wanted to recreate a format that existed six years ago, then why are they designing at all? Right. And there yeah. is some, and that's why I'm like, the reason Roxanne is nice is because you're not playing four of them because half the time, half the game, it's a useless card. So you're not mm -hmm. going to put four of them in your deck, but you know what? You can put a Luminion and a Roxanne in your deck as like a one or a two of, and you can go get it when you need it. And it does exactly what you need, which is to give you the chance to come back. That's all you need. Yeah. So yeah, it's, 
it's very interesting the conversation of like reprints but i do i will say we did call level ball on this podcast so we do have some validity when we talk about things it's true okay now jake pokey kid gaming asks what's your favorite set of pokemon and why so my favorite set of pokemon ever is dream league so people of the podcast may not know what that is. Um, Dream League is one of the Japanese sets that morphed into Cosmic Eclipse when it came to the rest of the world. Um, Dream League was the introduction of the character rares. Dream League also includes my, one of my favorite cards of all time, which is off camera. It's sitting on a shelf on my bookshelf, but a Lily and Clefairy promo it was a uh, box topper promo, essentially, when you bought a booster box in Japan of Dream League. And it's it's my it's one of my favorite cards of all time. And um, I just love that set so much. Like, I want to master set that set, um, which might be a little bit too late. I was I was I wasn't making too much money when Dream League, you know, right before it started getting up in prices. So I couldn't I couldn't get them all. But um I just love that set so much. It was so fun to open. Like I've opened multiple boxes of them. You know, it's similar to how I feel about like Astral Radiance and Brilliant Stars. Like mm. you just get so many hits and you yeah. see so many different types of cards as well that it's just so fun to open. Like yeah. every pack feels exciting. I mean, for me, I, I am going to be so basic and just say base set. I just here's the thing, though. You were around. I was like, around. You were, you were a coherent child when, yeah. you know, base set came out. You remember like everything. You weren't like, yeah, like I was literally like two or three. So I can't really say base set because yeah. I didn't open. I didn't open packs I mean, until like I opened team up. I opened. Here's the crazy. I don't know where all my cards are. I opened up a first edition box of base set. I literally got that. It was like my parents paid, you know, extra money for the first edition version, but it wasn't crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I opened so many base set cards and yeah it's just it has a special place mark because it was the first set it was the first set i opened yeah so yeah i think you i think you have a very valid you know <laughs> reason. point yeah i think you have a very valid reason sean <laughs> i mean you know it, it's kind of like what started it all yeah you know yeah. almost wait which is it was that like the first thing of pokemon that you opened yeah that was the that was like the very first thing of pokemon you opened was those like base sets yeah yeah okay cool 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 yeah. i was just curious i was oh, yeah, just yeah. curious that, because i was the i played the games right and then they mm -hmm. and then the card game was coming out and so literally within the first week of the card game coming out i was opening packs that's awesome because i before that i was i'd collected um baseball cards as a kid too mm -hmm. so like i already went to card stores prior to pokemon and so yeah that was just it, the whole zeitgeist everything around base set was just that was my world for like a year or two i do remember opening packs of sports cards growing up um because i also collected sports cards growing up and i mean i I, don't, I wouldn't say that i'm as big of a sports fan as i am now even though i work in sports now yeah. um i just have other hobbies now but you know sports i had a i had sports cards i never went to like a card shop like i think at least when i like bought or when my mom bought cards at a card store um it was at like the uh it was like at the walmarts or whatever but we got to keep going we got to keep going i'm getting <laughs> off topic sean uh do you want to ask the next one this one is from skittles what has been your favorite format of the pokemon trading card game and what has been your favorite deck of all time to play 
Uh, we neither Jake or I have really experienced that many formats, to be honest. I would mm -hmm. say to to be honest, even though I haven't played a lot of this format, watching it, talking about it, the current format is my favorite format of TCG as a player, just straight up. And then in terms of favorite deck, uh, I mean, the only deck I've ever taken to a Pokemon Regionals was Firebox back in the day. Super fun to play. Yeah, it was just, it was well Was it Towards version? Uh, it was similar to Towards version. It was like after Towards version, there was like a bunch of changes, but like, yeah, it played Victini. It played a bunch of fire. It played a Blounds or two. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was wild. It was a good time. But I mean, Firebox was really, really fun. I remember playing that like on stream and stuff because yeah. um, I was I was streaming the game every single day back then. But I think my favorite format was Team Up to Cosmic Eclipse, mm. mostly because that's when I like, I feel like that's when I started like getting good at Pokemon or like relatively good. And I had my best results in there. And my favorite deck was in that format. And it was Pidgeotto Rangaroo Control. Because yeah. at that time, um, like, Jesper Erickson had just done really well. Um, I can't remember what event it was. And, you know, he, he told me, like, the changes that he'd make in the list and, like, send me the list. Which, by the way, I don't think there were changes besides the deck list error that he had. And he had to put extra water energies oh. in instead of yeah. stadium. So, like, the changes were just telling me what the stadium should have been. But anyways, you know... Playing that deck, um, it was the most rewarding that I've ever felt, and that was the that was the format where like ADP was around, but it wasn't great yeah. because the way to play ADP was Keldeo ADP, um, and there was no Metal Saucer or anything like that, or like uh, no Water Pokemon acceleration thing. So you were manually kind of attaching every turn, so ADP was pretty much checked. Yeah. Right. Um, because you had like Articuno Cold Crush, the GX attack, you had, you know, the crushing hammer, stuff like that. Your worst matchup was Tina Chomp because Tina Chomp yes. had the linear attack and things like that. And they could miss Magius uh -huh. um, with the Dust Stone to like get get ahead on prizes and like really hurt you real quick. Um, so that was the worst matchup. But. It was still such a fun, rewarding format. And, you know, control wasn't too broken. It was good, but yeah. it wasn't too broken. Like, and then Beloved and Bryson Man got banned soon after <laughs> Sword and Shield base set released yeah. because someone at Full Group Games made the Chinchino, uh, Chinchino Mill deck. And then, then the format turned to crap, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The uh, the next question from Marty. If you ever made a Pokemon cube, what would it look like? So I'll start this one first because I have no experience with a cube in any form or fashion. But and I don't really know how cubes are made, in my honest opinion. I would love to do a cube one day, like participate mm. in someone's cube, um, whether that's at like NAIC or, or something like that. Like if you got a cube and you want to invite me like I'm in. But. If I made a cube, I think I would want to do it from cards only before black and white. Because oh. those are cards that I've never played with, like, in any capacity, you know. Um, and I've played with black and white cards because of Expanded, you know, things like that. So I want to play... <laughs> Did you just almost fall out of it's your fine. chair? It's fine, Jake. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, um, I want to play with, like, the hard gold, silver cards. I want to play with, like, the fire red leaf green cards, you know, the Neo cards. 
I want to play with those old ones. So if I had a cube, I want to make it a cube of um, everything before black and white. I, I like that. Yeah, I might. I, I'm going to piggyback off you on that one and say if I made a cube, like I have eight decks that are based to fossil. They're fun. At a certain point, maybe one day in the future, I will try to redo them. But I would probably make a cube that would be the or like first era of Pokemon, which would be um, base through the Neo sets. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. You, so it would be like the the Watsy era, basically. Like the pre-Pokemon taking over competitive play era. You just have the Watsy cube. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure those exist. Like, I'm sure people like OmniPoke or others have probably have lists for those types of cubes. It's a very expensive cube to make. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Especially if you, like, have all the hollows and stuff. <laughs> yes. But, you know, you could always print proxies. Yeah, yeah you could. <clears throat> but I do, I do not blame anybody for, like, a cube or, oh, yeah. or like, retro decks if they want to print proxies or whatever. Um, but the next question, Sean, this is from Gui. So what is the best draw engine ever? Also, congrats on 100 episodes. I also saw this question many days in advance and thought about this many days in advance to have an answer. So I'll go first. Okay. I think the best draw engine ever was Zorark GX. And you may be thinking mm. like, Jake, that's just discard draw too. But I think it's everything else that Zorark did in the format made it that much better of a draw engine, even if it wasn't based on draw. So like it's attacks, right? I mean, like think about how many things Zorark paired with in the sun and moon era um it just yeah. there was so much that went along with it and it was so good for so long that even though you know it didn't draw as many cards as like abysmal hand octillery which is a very very good draw pokemon or like um or, or whatever you know but the the discard draw too you know chinchino we they called it when chinchino first came out trade junior you know, instead of make do. Um, and that's because of Zorark's influence, Zorark's impact. So in my opinion, I'm going to have to say Zorark GX. I like the point that you made about the fact that it's a great draw engine, but it's also your main attacker, right? Yeah, like it, it did. So, so it, it did great draw, but it also did so much yeah. more than just draw. Because Chinchino does the same thing as Zorark, right? So like, why don't we talk mm -hmm. about Chinchino as the best draw engine ever? Well, it's because Chinchino does nothing as an attacker, it's like, it takes up all these spaces on your bench. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I like that one. It's, you're probably right for like the modern era of Pokemon. You're probably right that Zorak is just the best. The only, the only thing I would say separately of that is like, I think Shaman EX, like the era. Oh yeah. Cause Shaman's actually banned in expanded. Well, you, well I mean, there's some other things along with it. Net, Cause yes. of scoop up, but yeah, like the Shaman, like the Dene GX Shaman EX combo when those were both in the same format mm -hmm. and it's not like a specific draw engine, but the fact that you have a draw up to six, I think, or seven and then discard and draw six. six. Yeah. Yeah. You have discard, draw six, draw up to six. And then if you combo that with things like battle compressor, like, and versus seeker that makes for, Anybody who plays Expanded, that makes for insane draw power. So it's really that combo of cards that were never meant to be together, where, like, in one turn, you can, like, you know, Juniper, Dedene, Shaman, now you Crobat, but it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and then all the while, you're Battle Compressing, 
three cards into your trash. You could do that four times in a turn, so that's 12 cards. 16. Keep in mind for a little bit after Rebel Clash came out, too, um, instead of using Crobat because you just wouldn't use Crobat because Shaman was still legal at that point, yeah. Shaman's ability is once you're in your turn with this Pokemon. So, like, you can use four shamans in a single turn if you've got the space for it and you got the card draw so you could use scoop up net and scoop up net shaman because yeah scoop up net doesn't allow gx's and v's but it does allow ex's so you could scoop up a shaman put it down you could like literally shaman like eight times in one turn if you wanted to yeah so i think that's <clears throat> to me the way that i know that that draw engine pokemon knew it was op is because every draw pokemon that came after that was not once per turn yeah, it was was once per turn, right? They they yeah, made it, it, very it was specific. limited to no matter what you could only play one to Dene GX to Dene change. Yes, per turn. So um, you could only use the Dene change ability once per turn. So maybe yeah, maybe Shaman really is like the best draw engine ever. Yeah. Um, because Shaman, I mean, when it was around in X and Y, I think Roaring Skies is when it came out um but i mean it was used in everything at that time and it, you know it, i didn't i didn't play with it but i mean it was it was really good and it got banned and, so. and it existed in a set with ultra ball right that those two things yes. existed at the same time so it's like oh but you can only drop to six but what if you have a bunch of cards you have ultra ball you're fine exactly and and there were also cards i don't know if shaman and propagation execute ever existed in the same standard format because um, it was you don't think it ever did it not in, in standard? standard yeah I okay think. i mean they did in expanded yeah, yeah um yeah. but in standard that would be insane but let's move on to the next okay. question sean this is from josh esh what booster sets do you think we'll lose in this year's rotation so i think this is kind of an easier question yeah i mean in terms of standard playability it'll be sword and shield through what was the uh, darkness of blaze I don't. So what Pokemon has done now. So in previous years, what they've done is they've rotated based on the set. But starting this year, they're going to start rotating based on the set letter that is on the bottom of your card. So if you grab your Rebel Clash Sonya, it's going to have a D mark next to the set symbol. So I think they're going to rotate D out. I don't know if they're going to rotate E out. I, no. I have a feeling that they'll at least do D um but like chilling rain is still gonna be a part of it like uh battle styles uh, is gonna be around. darkness of blaze is also d yeah i'm like fumbling through this deck looking at the cards battle styles is e so yeah so i think it'll be all the d regulations so base set sword and sword and shield rebel clash darkness of blaze and whatever came after darkness of blaze that year i can't remember vivid voltage yes, vivid voltage so those I think those four sets will definitely rotate technically and the only things that would be like from that year that may stick around is if any of the like shining fates, I think, or champions path cards have an E regulation, they'll stick around. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, we both don't need to answer that question. That one is now answered. John, do you want to do the next one? Yes. From Skittles question. How do you feel about changing expanded to a rotated only format whereby new cards don't get automatically added on release, but only after rotating from standard this way, Expanded isn't just standard 2.0 with more items, and the counters enter the format at the same time. I think if standard mm. turned into a rotated format, it would actually be standard 2.0. Yeah. 
Yeah. It would just feel like standard because we would just relive like a standard format that happened a while ago, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So I think expanded needs to go to like the Yu-Gi-Oh way and the magic yeah. way where they just ban cards. They just if you know, you have this huge, huge, huge pool of cards and they just ban stuff. The problem with expand is they don't pay enough attention to it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they don't ban the things that need to be banned for whatever reason, you know, card accessibility, like tropical beach. You can't get tropical beaches. Well, did you, know, you hear, but did you hear with PTCG live the issue with tropical beach? Did you hear about this? Isn't tropical beach not supported in PTCG live? Well, I, I mean, it may not be supported yet, but like the idea that the expanded cards eventually will be added. Oh, the, yeah. The problem is they will not allow dusting for promo cards. And Tropical yes. Beach is a promo. So once the Switch happens... It is happens, only a world championship promo. And so once the, the, the Switch, if it ever happens fully and you can no longer trade, that means either you own Tropical Beach or you do not, and that is it forever. Yeah. That's insane Which, to me. And I mean, like, if you want to play, like, Control and Expanded, you have to play Tropical Beach. I mean... Like, that's... Yeah, that's a huge draw support. And I mean, it's just yeah, I mean, I like I, I they just got to ban stuff. Yeah, you know, that's that's how they should do expanded, just like Yu-Gi-Oh, just like magic and stuff. They should just ban stuff. I think I think actually I agree with you, Jay. I think having it all enter the format at the same time, standard and expanded, I actually think that makes it feel weirder than standard. The mm -hmm. only reason it feels like standard 2.0 is because certain attackers and cards are just so good they are a pure power creep on the older versions of themselves right but things that you don't see like i don't know if the inteleon engine is in any way good in no expanded. shady dealings is not good and expanded because yeah. there's just so many better abilities to play over the years yeah. and there's so many better combos to do like yeah and you have vile plume right that can turn off all abilities yeah so for me, like, I think the only the only reason it feels like a 2.0 is that every now and again, there's a card like ADP or I don't know, Picarom that comes out that is just so freaking powerful that it doesn't matter what format it's in. So that does have this weird effect of warping a format to feel like standard. But in reality, I think that's just like a couple of top end cards. For the rest of it, yeah. it's like the mishmash is kind of what makes it wild. Yeah, it expanded is weird and they need to they need to do something about it sean but you know some people wonder what you should do with your bolt cards including cam what do you do with your do you do anything with your bolt cards that don't quite fit into decks you want normally to build if so what do you do this will be a good question for like newer collectors and things like that of the listeners yeah i mean i guess it, de it depends on how you define bulk but for me i whenever i open up packs i try to pull out any cards like that are especially rares or some uncommons that I think have some usability, even if they're not going to be like the biggest, <clears throat> you know, coolest card ever. Like example, you know, the Bronzong, right? The one that lets you move yes. metal energy around. Um, that card hasn't really seen much play for a year, but all of a sudden you have Dialga V-Star coming out and people are like, wait a minute. Maybe if I combine this metal with Cheryl, saucers in format, Right. Like if I combine that with Cheryl, this is some pretty crazy shenanigans. And the answer is, yeah, some of those cards, even if they don't have immediate use, grab a binder, 
for those types of cards. Put them in there. Get like a playset if you can. Uh, but every other thing with bulk, I sell. I, 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 you know, I collect them for a certain amount of time until I have like several thousand cards, which is a lot. And then you can usually sell them for like, you know, 20, 30 bucks per thousand or something like that. Um, I don't know how it is now just because I haven't opened nearly as much product and sending bulk places, but um, at least before the pandemic, it was 3,000 commons and uncommons in mint condition, mm. so like good condition. Um, 3,000 commons and uncommons would get you a booster box. You yeah. could trade that in for a booster box. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just like Sean, if I don't think the card is going to be competitively viable at all, a.k.a. hop, berry... Like, I, I'm just going to put it in the bulk and then eventually get a free box out of it. Yeah. You know, and get my get my money back a little. And for that, there's lots of sellers online that will buy your bulk. But if you can find a local store, you can save yourself some shipping costs. I'm lucky yes. enough in New York that I have locals that do that. So. So look around, ask around. Yeah. And and even some of your people like my local league back in Indianapolis, um, the tournament organizer, the professor, you know, he would he would uh, um, take people's bulk and then, you know, take care of it. So, yeah. Anyway, Sean, let's move on. OK, this question is from James Sims again. Did you ever think that when you both started a podcast, it will become as big a thing as it is? Great pod, by the way. Listen to it every week. Do you want to start it off or do you want me to? Uh, I want to know what you think, Jake. I want to know where your head was at because I approached you about doing the pod and I want to know. So I, I, I like to think when I, when I do projects, like I take it seriously and like I, I go in. But I think the Metapod podcast is the only like kind of I guess we could call this big time project is the only like big time project that I took it seriously, but took it not seriously yeah like for the entire time like there's a reason why we don't have like heavy advertisements or stuff like that and here's like i just want to sit for an hour with my friend and i just want to talk about pokemon cards like that's yeah. what i want to do and so um i know i never thought we would have you know over a thousand listeners every week you know that's we're giving That's away our stats. We're giving away our stats right now, but yeah, I well, mean, I'm not giving specific numbers, but like to give perspective, like you know, some people like will hear 1,000, and I thought about this last night when I went to bed. You know, some people will think like 1,000, and they'll be like, you know, Ludwig has 300 million true. subscribers, whatever, and I'm like, I really, I think of like 1,000 people in a room. And they all like 1000. I think of it this way, like each of our 1000 hypothetical listeners all went to this room to go hear me and this guy over here talk about <laughs> Pokemon cards. Like how freaking cool is that? That that so many people want to do that. So like, I don't know. It's just mind boggling to me. Like 1000 in the grand scheme of content creation might not be like a big number. But to me, like, that's a huge deal. I never thought we would be this size. I I I'm going to echo that. I never thought. I mean, in terms of as big a thing, I think it's definitely, I expected some level of like, because, you know, we were both going to put in, you know, the level of effort that is required of doing it well. Yeah, I, think it, I mean, from it, the beginning, we don't miss weeks usually. No. And from the beginning. Sometimes we individually miss weeks, but like, we usually, <laughs> there's not very many times where we've not had an episode in a week. 
And I think from the beginning, we both had a pretty high standard of like, we wanted to at least, it, whatever we put out there will sound good, you know, mm-hmm. look good, like very st- straightforward. But yeah, like podcasts are a very, they, they are kind of niche, especially in an already niche hobby. So the, yeah. so the idea that like a, any number of people listen to, especially me and you who like, we've never won a regional, we've never topped a regional, like, yeah. you know. We're just we're just a couple of dudes who like we're we're literally <laughs> just a couple dudes that like talking about Pokemon like right. So I, I think we're both very I at least I can speak for myself very grateful that like people actually like enjoy listening to us and like you know hopefully think that we have some interesting opinions. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's great and thank you so much for the compliment on the pod. Hopefully you enjoy it every week, James. But this one is from Appa. I know who this is. Yes. Have you or have both of you reached your goals for the podcast and in your lives in the time frame of 100 episodes? So, Sean, you should answer this question first. Yeah, I I, in terms of my goals, I think I didn't really have many goals, to be honest. Like the one goal, actually, I have one goal that I have not achieved and I want to meet Jake in person. Okay, but they, there was a worldwide pandemic that spawned. That, that that doesn't count. Like, but it, it is we a goal. can't say that we didn't complete that goal. I, I'm not saying I haven't. I failed. I just that is a goal <laughs> that I still have not reached. And so I would love to do that. And I would love to have a live podcast recording at at an event. You know, at a regional, hopefully somewhere where like. However many people that happen to be there and also listen to the pod, if you want to wander into a small conference room at a hotel, that would be lovely, you know, like, yeah. Um, or if it's like just going out to dinner with like a, however large that group might be, I don't know, or karaoke. That's the only goals. But from otherwise, like, I'm very happy. It's been very, um, it's been just a wild ride and I'm just, I'm down for it. I will say I did not have a single goal for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I'm not kidding. I did not. Like when I say like, I just wanted to get on a mic and talk Pokemon cards with some dude. Like I'm serious. Like that's just what I want. And maybe that's a goal. Maybe that's a goal in itself. You know, talk a hundred. I never thought we would make it to a hundred episodes to be honest, no. Sean. No. Like I didn't really know who you were when you approached me. And like, we didn't really know each other at all. And like, Yep. You could have been a weirdo. I could I mean, have. I am a weirdo, but like. <laughs> I mean, but... I think that's what people don't know. We don't know each other outside of this. Like, we've never yeah, spent time together. We never met. Like, we never collabed on content or anything. It's just like I was creating like Twitch stuff in the mornings and Sean was making YouTube videos and stuff. And one day he just like DM'd me and he was like, do you want to talk about Pokemon cards yeah. on a podcast? And I was like all right, <laughs> you know, let's, <laughs> let's do an episode. Let's see how it is. Yeah. And then that's just how it went. Uh, next one is Josh from Team Fish Knuckles, I believe. So uh, he asked, favorite and hardest part of doing 100 episodes. Congrats on 100 episodes and can't wait for the next 100. Much confidence. Jake. I can't wait for the next 100 either. Favorite and hardest part of doing 100 episodes. So my favorite part we're going to get real cheesy, but I'm I'm super glad that we've like kept this casual. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, like we don't we don't do like heavy advertising. Like, yeah, we did the Manscaped thing for a while and that was fun. You know, talking about Pokeballs and <laughs> things like that. That was kind of fun. But, you know, we've kept this as just like this is my favorite thing to do like every week. You know, like 
I am a I am a super busy person, and this kind of plays into the hardest thing, like scheduling. Yeah. You know, like I graduated college. You know, I was I got a full time job. Sean is is a man. Like he he's a busy <laughs> dude. Like we both have lives. The hard, yeah, the hardest part is trying to manage the podcast. But my favorite thing about the podcast is it's my, it's my favorite thing to do every week. Like even when I wasn't like making Twitch stuff really and like when i wasn't making youtube videos and like stuff i still made time like every week to jump on or most weeks to jump on this podcast and talk about it because i i just i i I love doing it that's why we've lasted 100 episodes is because like i mean i hope you love doing it but i i mean like i mean the reason that i've stayed is because i love it yeah i mean look anybody who follows any of my content knows very well that i am bad at being consistent and Mm -hmm. Despite all of that, we have done a hundred episodes in a little in just barely over two years, which if you think about that, that's like only three or four weeks of missed episodes. So Yeah. You know, like you make the time and yeah, I think making the time sometimes is a hard part because Jake and I are both like, Can you do it in the morning? Can you do it in the evening? But for the most part, I think we are very accepting of like as long as we ask each other in advance, like a day or two. We figure it out. We're like, we'll make, we'll figure out a time, even if it's 7 a.m. or 6 yeah. a.m. in the morning, we'll make the podcast. And it's, it's like, we both acknowledge that we're super busy. Yeah. Right. Like today, today's a really good example. You know, at the time of this recording, I asked Sean if he could do it in the evening, you know, cause yeah, I got a, I got promoted. Like, oh, I don't think I've said it on this podcast. <laughs> I got promoted. So like, I have a lot more work to do in the mornings. Um, so my mornings not, are not as free. And he was like, yeah, I can make I can make 5 p.m. recording work, you know, like because he respects that. And so that's I mean, scheduling, in my opinion, is the hardest part about it all. Jake, last question. I think that was, this is a good ender. Kind of Pokey Kid Gaming and Fletchling both answer or ask this question. Um, what future goals do you have for the podcast? Sean, we've hit 100. Uh-huh. Now we got to go to another 100. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, <laughs> how do you plan to keep it interesting and fun? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first because we've been. Yeah. OK, I think for me, the only goals I have currently outside of the ones I said before, um, really, there's a couple of video ideas that aren't just podcasts that I've talked to Jake about that. Now that we both now that Jake won has a, a proper promotion job, like a nice... I have solidified life income. to have some stability. And I, <laughs> I have a job as well now where I have income. So I think we might be able to do some of these videos. And they're not going to be so outrageous, but they'll definitely be fun. So that's... I, I'll tell you right now, I'm not spending $60,000 on a Neo Destiny box or no, whatever it is. No, like, no. This we're not isn't... doing stuff like that. But like, I can buy a booster box every set and not feel like I'm going to have to choose between heat and electric or yes. whatever. Um, so it, yeah, in terms of future goals, there are some videos I want to make. Um, the audio portion of the cast, I think it's not a goal, but I want to, we need to, we need to have more people on to join us from time to time. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. I think this kind of plays into what I said about the hardest part is like scheduling. Cause like we, it's hard enough to schedule us, Yeah, you know, and it's even harder for us to schedule another human being, you know, like, um, in the month of may slash or well, so far 
or no, no, yeah, like in the month of May, like I, I think I spent like more time out of my apartment than I did in my apartment mm -hmm. because of work, you know. So like, that was really, really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Jake, but I think yeah, my future goal is to just keep this podcast being fun, you know, like keep it casual. Keep, I mean, like we take it seriously, like I was saying earlier, but like keep it fun, you know, have, have a good time. You know, people say, you know, in the reviews and I mean, we're like one of the most reviewed Pokemon podcasts on like Apple iTunes, Sean, I mean. like, because we just like have, we just have fun. And I think people have fun along with us. So like, I want to be the very best like no one ever was sure <laughs> but i want to i, I want to be the i want to have the most fun like no one ever was you know i, I just want to have a good time i you listening know to this. i like that jake i want to have the most fun like no one ever had you know yeah like like i want people yeah. to i want people to look forward to the podcast because they enjoy like the fun that we have you know like we're i mean we're going to talk about the competitive stuff we're going to talk about collecting stuff you know like like we always do but i want i want people to get excited because like you know oh they're gonna release a new episode like we're gonna have so much fun they're gonna yell at each other about <laughs> you know is i don't even what have we really yelled at each other know. for i mean we probably argue about whether or not certain decks or cards are good or bad probably oh yeah we yeah. Do, we probably have done that but um it to keep it interesting and fun like sean and i like sean has kind of mentioned some of the things you know of like talking to other people we both have agreed that we want more guests on yep um and hopefully you know hopefully here soon we're actually can get some guests um again a little bit hard with scheduling and i'm about do. to leave I'm, I'm literally about to leave my apartment for two weeks like here this weekend so it, it's just crazy but um but yeah, like we we try our, like just to keep it fun. That's all I want. Yeah, just to keep it fun. Well, Jake, speaking of keeping it fun, should we keep it fun? Wrap it up. Let let all these wonderful listeners go on about their merry day. Thank you so much for listening to the one hundredth episode of the Metapod podcast. I don't know if I would have said yes if you asked me in episode one <laughs> if we would make it to hundred episodes don't know if i would have said yes to the to that question but i'm glad that we did sean thank you so much for being with me a hundred episodes and here's to the next 100 to the podcast that revolves around the evolving meta have a great rest of the day <laughs>